see the cards up here. What do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to be a meteorologist when I grew up because I could get paid and not get fired and still do my job wrong by predicting the weather anyways. How's everyone doing? Good? You guys enjoying the warm weather this week and the last couple of weeks? Well, not right now. It's a little rainy and everything like that, but it's good to have you guys here. Hey, just as a reminder, I know it was said in the announcement, but as a reminder, tonight we are starting our late night gospel. Who's sticking around here tonight so far? You guys are saying, yes, I'm sticking around for tonight. Awesome. We're excited for you to stick around. You guys have asked, you're asking some really tough but great questions that we need to uh, answer for you guys. And so we thought, hey, let's have another teaching for you guys. And it's not going to be like normal teaching like this. It's kind of going to be like small group. We're going to have discussion about it and we're going to go through God's word and, and answer what, you know, the question that you guys are asking this week, can someone be saved uh, without repentance? So I hope you can uh, stick around uh, later on tonight at 8.45. Uh, with that, we're going to continue our study in Mark. Uh, we're in Mark chapter 8. And last week in our study, um, let, me, let me actually, instead of saying it, let me see who's paying attention. What was the main idea that I was teaching about last week? Ooh, Travis's hand went up. Madden's hands up. Madden, go first. Ooh. That was the week before. That was the week before. Yeah, that was the week before. Travis? Mm-hmm. Okay, you're on the right track, Ellie. Where are you? Yes, the sign of Jonah. You're all getting there. Okay, so yeah, the, the point was that to make that the my point was saying that of all the miracles that Jesus performed, the empty tomb, the resurrection of Christ, in, in my opinion, is the most significant one of all when it comes to um, following Christ. So that's what we learned about last week. This week, we're going to be taking a look in regards to a conversation that Jesus has with his disciples uh, regarding the Pharisees and a group of people called the Herodians. And we'll get into who they are and, and what Jesus was talking about here. So if you have your Bible, which I encourage every week that you do, so if you have your Bible, please turn to uh, Mark chapter 8. We're going to be looking at verse 14. If you don't have a physical copy, pull up your cell phone and go to your app. Uh, I'll be reading from the ESV version. So Mark chapter 8, starting at verse 14. And the heading of it is called The Leaven of the Pharisees and Herod. Now they had forgotten to bring bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he caught... He cautioned them, saying, Watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes do you not see, and having ears do you not hear, and do you not remember? When I broke bread, the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, Twelve. And the seven of the four, for the four thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, Seven. 
And he said to them, Do you not yet understand? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for tonight, Lord. I thank you for the freedom and the opportunity to to gather here in person, Lord, and to just uh, talk about and speak about your word, Lord God, and and going through what you uh, want us to hear through your word. Father God, I pray that this uh, message, that this teaching is glorifying to you, Lord God. And Holy Spirit, I ask for your anointing and your authority as we uh, go through the scriptures here, Lord. And I also pray that all of us in here have our hearts and our minds and our ears open to hearing what is being taught here tonight. God, you, in your word, there are so many things that we can read. And sometimes we can just fly by it and miss it. Or sometimes we completely ignore it, Lord. I pray today that we heed your warning and not ignore what you're about to say. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I don't know about you, but in the opening statement, we see that Jesus says to the people, or I'm sorry, we see in the opening statement here, that the disciples are concerned about bread. It's a fair statement. There's only one basket of bread or one loaf of bread can see why you'd be concerned but then I noticed this Jesus says this hopefully you caught it watch out says watch out beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod how the disciples respond to that And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. I don't know about you, but that was a little convicting on my part when I'm reading through this. You know why? Because while they are concerned about the bread, Jesus is literally giving them a warning. Hey, watch out about this. What I'm about to teach you, watch out about this. And they really don't seem to care. And the reason I'm convicted on this is because there are times, as I said in the prayer, that I get, I get caught up in myself, I get caught up in my needs and my desires, which cause me to miss what actually Christ is saying in the Scriptures. How many of you ever, let's, let's be honest, going through this Mark study, maybe there have been things that you've never heard of before, or maybe you've read through the Scriptures and you're like, I didn't know that was in there. Who's, who's been there before? Come on. We've all been there at some point. And so, while the disciples are caring about food, Jesus is more concerned about their heart. And I want to dive into exactly what is Jesus warning the disciples and us tonight regarding the Pharisees and the Herodians And I said this last week, and I want to preface it again. We need to make sure when we read about the Pharisees and the Herodians or whatever group of people, including the disciples, it's very easy to go, oh, those Pharisees. Oh, those disciples. Oh, those Herodians. Shucks. How silly could they be? We can be the same way when it comes to these just acting the same way the group 
of these people act. So I want us to really focus in on what Jesus is warning the people about. So before we do that, um, how many of you were confused of the fact that he said, beware of leaven? Some of you, right? Okay. Um, I'm just curious, in your translations, do some of yours in your Bible say yeast instead of leaven? Okay, so what we're about to talk about, it's still fine. It still works both ways. Different uh, translations translate it differently. So here's what you need to know. Leaven in this time, and in this culture, bread making was pretty big. Leaven is a piece of dough that was part of a batch to make bread. This piece would go through a chemical change called fermentation and become an acid that would help cause the next batch of bread that was be- being made to rise. So simply what was being done, the, uh, the uh, leaven, old piece from a previous bread, became an acid and was put in the other bread that was being made to help it rise up. Are you with me so far? Shake your head, yeah, no, somewhere in between. Okay. So to under- now that we understand that, that the leaven or the yeast was an acid, When Jesus is saying, beware of the leaven, of the Pharisees and the Herodians, what he is saying is, be careful, watch out for the acid of sin that is in their hearts. Be careful and watch out for the acid of sin that is rising in their hearts because, as I just said earlier, it can happen to you. It can happen to me. Now, you may also be asking, who are these groups of people? And what do they have to do with what Jesus is talking about? And what do we need to watch out for? So we got the Pharisees, who were the Jewish leadership. They're the ones who uh, would go in the synagogues. They would uh, teach God's word. Uh, They were pretty much in charge of the people that would come in. And then you have the Herodians, a group of people who sought to advance political and economic influence. And to be honest, there was a, there was a guy named Herod the Great that these, uh, the Herodians were pretty much, they liked him. They, they were followers of him. They wanted what he taught to be influenced in the culture, especially in Judea and everything like that. Here's something you need to know about these group of people. They didn't like each other. Okay, they had different beliefs, they had different views on how things should be done. If you put these two in a, in a same room, it would be like a cat and dog. They'd probably fight after each other. It would be like putting a Giants fan with an Eagles fan. No? Okay. <laughs> I'm not telling you which one I am. Um, <laughs> So they, they didn't really agree on what was being taught at this point or what was trying to be influenced in this point. But there's one thing we need to know about these group, groups of people. They decided to work together. How many of you were here earlier with uh, when we started this Mark series? Because some of you were not. Who was here earlier? Okay. Who remembers Mark chapter 3? Way in the beginning. <laughs> Way in the beginning, Mark chapter 3. About the, the man with a withered hand. You guys remember about that? 
Do you remember in verse 6 what happened after Jesus healed the man with a withered hand? If you don't, that's fine. We're going to go to verse 6 in chapter 3. Ooh, Mackenzie, do you know? Okay, you're on the right track, but there was something important in regards to even though these two groups of people don't like each other. Anyone else? She said that uh, uh, they were upset that Jesus was working on the Sabbath. So you're on the right track with it. Let's turn to Mark chapter 3, verse 6, and actually see what it, what it says. Mark chapter 3, verse 6, and it says this. And this was after Jesus did what he did. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians. So this group of people, the Pharisees, held counsel with the Herodians. against him on how to destroy him. So two groups of people who didn't see eye to eye, who maybe didn't want the same influence happening, come together as one. They're going to work together to destroy Jesus. Their ultimate plan, stop Jesus. Why? Why would they, these two groups of people who don't see eye to eye come together in regards to stopping Jesus? Because they were in leadership position. They were in powers, or they were in positions of power. And Jesus was literally coming in and turning the world upside down in this area. He was, you'll, we'll read later that he actually flips tables because he's upset with what they're doing in God's temple. Yes, Travis. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. What did you say? Doesn't, doesn't he like interrupt in a market and then he like gets rid of any like less like if there were anything that would be like, Yes, you're you're right. Yes, he does do that. But my point being, and good job, Travis. My, what did he say? He said that he just um, he flipped tables in there and he let the animals just run free and everything like that that was going on in the temple. So. Um, The point being here is that they were not okay with what Jesus was doing at this time. They had their own influences. They had their own ideas. They had their own positions of power that they were still trying to control. And Jesus was coming in. He was gaining a following. Many people were following after Him. Many people were hearing of Him. And both groups of people did not like it. Which leads to the next thing is, what is this leaven? Sorry, this is pretty new. So, what is this leaven that Jesus is talking about? And there are two things that we need to, that Je- that we need to address that Jesus is addressing here. The two leavens or the two sins are hypocrisy... And self-centeredness. Zoom in on hypocrisy. Let's talk about hypocrisy. And we know that hypocrisy actually is one of these sins that Jesus is talking about because in Luke chapter 12, verse 1, He says this, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Now, 
Hypocrisy, as it says up there, is pretending to have qualities or beliefs that you don't really have. Pretending to have qualities or beliefs that you don't really have. Honestly, it's just you're lying. You're lying. You're saying that you believe something, but you actually don't live it out. You don't um, do what you say. Let me just give you an expre- the, um, Let me give you an example. As I just said earlier, I encourage you guys to bring your Bibles, to read your Bibles. How many of you are doing the Bible in a Year plan? Going through your Bible in a year with with some of us. I know some of you are. Um, If I'm up here and telling you, you got to do this, you got to read your Bible, and I'm. There's no markings, it doesn't even look like it's open. I'm acting hypocritical. And there, here are ways that, uh, in the scripture, that hypocrisy is shown through insincere, insincere motives and when our deeds, our, our deeds don't match up. In Matthew 6.12, it says this, and Jesus says this, Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. And then Isaiah 29.13 And the Lord said, Because of this people, draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips while their hearts while their hearts are far from me. And their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. Listen, Jesus isn't saying, I don't want you to give. Jesus also talks about another time. He doesn't about praying in public. He's not saying don't pray in public. But what are your motives about it? If if we're showboating the facts, here's how much money I gave, and what they did when they gave, they actually had a tin or, I forget the exact name of it, but when they put the coins in, they would make sure people heard. Like, yeah, that's all of our change going in there. See how righteous that we are in giving to the Lord? That's what Jesus is talking about, saying they've already received their reward. They actually don't care about giving. They just want to, they want to look the part. As the great Andy Minio would say, if you're going to be a Christian, you're not just one on a Sunday. It's a lifestyle that you choose every single day. And so the Pharisees were more concerned with acting out the part than actually living the part. The Pharisees were more concerned about acting the part instead of living the part. And as I said, we can't just look at the Pharisees and say, oh, Pharisees. Let's turn that around on us for a second. Look up here for a second. Not paying attention. Look up here for a second. It is very... Whoa. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) It is very easy... To pick up the Christian culture. I was having a conversation about this earlier today. If I were to go pick up some guy off the street, bring him in here for a month, it'd be very easy for him to learn our lingo, to learn how to worship, learn how to say the right words, how to, how to dress the part, or even act the part of being a Christian. How do I know this? Because I was that. I can look back in my own life at times when I was like, I was acting like a Christian. I was acting like I had my whole life together. But instead, as Isaiah said, my heart wasn't even close. 
And so while it's easy to point the finger at the Pharisees, let's look at ourselves for a second. And this may be corny, but I was always taught, even though you're pointing the finger at someone else, you've got four fingers pointing back at you. Depending if you count your thumb a finger or not. But the point was, before you condemn someone else, make sure you look at yourself first and say, ooh, how am I doing? How am I living this out at this time? And so the first leaven is hypocrisy. And the second one is self-centeredness. Self-centeredness is concerned solely with one's own desires, needs, and interests. And as you'll see, hypocrisy and self-centeredness go hand in hand because it's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about how much I gave. It's all about how great I am. It looks like, looks, says, look at me, world. And you're like, ah, that doesn't happen here today in the 21st century, does it? I would just argue that statement by saying one word. Selfie. We have a word called selfie. We have cameras today that allow us to, to, to look at us. Put them on Instagram, put them on Facebook, and I'm not, like, hear me out. If you're on them, I'm not telling you to get off. I'm just saying, what are we using them for? Are we trying to brag about ourselves? Are we trying to say, look at how great I am? And then do we get upset when you don't get more likes than the other person you're trying to upshow? Oh, you've never done that? See, we we need to be careful about our own needs, our own desires, our own interests, because that that's what the Herodians and the Pharisees and, and we have a tendency to have in our own hearts. And actually, Jesus. Is, this is why, also as well, Jesus is rebuking and, and reminding the um, the disciples about the whole bread thing. While, yes, here, they were hungry. I get it. I get it. How many has ever been angry because you're hungry before? All right? Hangry? Is that the word, right? Whatever the word is. I get it. We, there are times when we are hungry, but there's also at times when Jesus, when Jesus says, watch out, and we say, ah... I think I'm okay with the way I'm living my own life. I think I've got what's I think I've got this life in control. It's all about me, God. You know, you've just created an idol. And that's sinning. You you've just said by putting self-centeredness, by focusing on yourself, you've just said, I am better than God. Now you didn't say it, but your actions are speaking it. My actions at times. I've spoken that. Does this make sense so far? You guys tracking with me? Okay. Thank you. And I go back to this. Like I said, I was personally convicted. I had asked myself a question, and this is the question. If there's nothing else you get from tonight... Look up here for a sec if you're not paying attention. If there's nothing else you get from tonight, here's what I want you to get, and a question that you need to ask yourself. 
Do we love and appreciate Jesus Christ and the words that He's speaking to us in, in the Bible? Do we love and appreciate Jesus Christ and the words that He is speaking in the Bible? Because right there, when he, Jesus is warning the disciples, watch out, be aware of what's happening. What's happening? The disciples have their self-centeredness in their own hearts is starting to build up. Like, oh, we've got to be concerned about all this. And Jesus is like reminding them, do you not remember what happened a chapter ago? We just fed 4,000 people. And by the way, there's seven more baskets. If Jesus would, and I'm paraphrasing this scripture, but if Jesus is, able, is willing to take care of the birds and take care of the flocks, don't you think He's willing to take care of you? People who have been created in His own image? So not, let's not worry about tomorrow. Not, let's not worry about, oh, I need all my needs met. This is everything that I want. Let's take a step back and say, okay, what does God want? What does God want in my life? Instead of what I want in my life. I'll just share with you, you know, most of us in here, how many of you us know the Lord's Prayer? Lord's Prayer? Okay. Jesus talks about the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. I'm convicted at times in my prayers that it, I, I'm not always searching for God's will. I'm searching for my will. I want God to conform to my will, to my needs, to my desires when I need to conform to His will. And so when Jesus tells us how we are to live as representatives for Him, do we say, yes, Lord, or do we say, no, Lord? When Jesus calls, based off the Scriptures and the way we are supposed to live as Christians, and especially in this world, I'll just be honest with you, if you're proclaiming to be a Christ follower, you're under a microscope. The world is really watching, and I was convicted about that this weekend. So if Jesus calls us and tells us on how we are to live, are we saying, yes, Lord, or are we saying, no, Lord? Let me close with this, and and just tie it all together hopefully what's the big deal why is it it's such a big deal that we need to, to worry about living a life of living a life of hypocrisy or why do we have to watch out for self-centeredness to come into our hearts because ultimately it destroys it destroys both Peter and Paul apostles for Christ had to deal with this. The Apostle Paul had a group of people called the Super Apostles who were trying to divide the church because of their needs and their wants and everything like this. And this is what Paul said in a letter to the First Corinthians. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. 1 Corinthians 5, 6-8. through And then Peter says in 1 Peter 2, verses 1-3, through So put away all malice and all deceit, 
and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn, newborn infants longing for the pure spiritual milk that by, by it you may grow up until salvation. If indeed you have tasted, tasted that the Lord is good. Listen, when we allow self-centeredness... I was up here for a second. When we allow these sins to creep in, forget the rest of the world right now. Let's just focus on us as Christians. If we allow these sins to creep into the church, it divides us. It divides us. We see that today with the conversation with COVID-19 and, and politics and everything like that. And I'm not, I'm not going into all that right now. But let's just be honest, we see it. And the enemy is doing everything that he can. Well, my opinion's this, and my opinion's that. I'm, gr- I'm grateful that you have an opinion, but ultimately, what does God's Word say on how we are supposed to live, how we're to handle this situation? Let me close, let me close with this story. Who is here for the big give? Like, you guys helped out with the big give and everything like that? Awesome. Can I tell you, that was one of the hardest and testing seasons of my life. Just going to be straight honest with you. Because I had to put away, I had to go to Christ to help me uh, crucify this sin of self-centeredness. I'll be honest, I thought I was all that in a bag of chips last February or March, whenever, whatever that month was. Because we not only hit our goal, but we exceeded our goal. And I was like on cloud nine. I was saying, look at me. So I would come up here on a Sunday, and I would say, hey, we're, we're a thou- we already raised $1,000 in two weeks. And don't, don't hear, get me wrong. I was very proud, and I am very proud of every one of you for how much you raised. And what we were able to do for the people in Africa. But in my heart, I had to do a reality check. And knowing that going up on Sunday, I was more concerned, and I hate saying this, but I was more concerned of what everyone else on a Sunday was thinking than God. I was saying, look at me. Look at how great I am. And then we had um, our Pendel director reach out to me, and he's like, oh, tell us on how everything's working. And like, I'm thinking, man, everyone wants to know my leadership. Everyone wants to know what I'm doing. Look at how great I am. And I didn't even do anything. You guys made all the baked goods and sold, and sold the baked goods and raised the money. I just told you, hey, this is what God said. And you said, okay, let's do it. And to even think that this was about me. We're helping people in Africa who don't have water. We're, we're giving them an opportunity by building a well for them to, to drink fresh water. So they don't have to drink dirty, diseased water. Water And here I am in my flesh saying, look how great I am. Let, let us all look in, let's all take a reality check here. Hopefully you guys are hearing and listening to this tonight. Let's look at ourselves and say, where am I being self-centered? Where am I acting in hypocrisy? Where am I trying to to live a life, lead a life that is all about me, all about myself? Look at me. 
Because maybe you're like me, where you, you struggle and you think you have to be the Savior for everyone and everything. Can I tell you, that's not your role. That's not your role. That was Jesus Christ's role. He's the great shepherd. He's the one who saved all by the works that He did on the cross. Let me end with this from Hebrews 13, verses 20 to 21. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do His will, working in us that which is pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Guys, I I hope we walk away here tonight knowing it's not about us. It's not about how great I am doing as a Christian, actually, as well. Because we can fall into that trap, saying, look how much I gave. Look how much I've blessed others. Let's turn our attention to Jesus Christ, the great shepherd, who's in charge of all things. And may we live a life pleasing to him, not focusing on ourselves, but focusing first on him and serving others. Let's pray. God, I God, we need you. God, we need you now more than ever. In a culture that tries to tell us it's about us, even a culture that tells us If we just put a check mark in the box by coming to church on Sunday, we're good. If we act out the part, we're good. God, have have mercy on us. God, help us to uh, get rid of this acid of sin, of hypocrisy, and self-centeredness, Lord. I pray if there's anyone in here tonight, and I'll start with myself, Lord, and I need to ask for your forgiveness at times when I think it's all about me, but it's never about me. God, if any of us have an idol of self or an issue of lying by putting on an act, God, may we have the courage tonight to to have an in-depth conversation and repent of that sin and turn away away from it so we can turn towards you and live a life that is pleasing and glorifying to you, Lord God. Jesus, I thank you for everyone that is here. God, as we go into this time of worship, Lord, 
May we have sober minds, just ready and eager to worship You and praise You and give You thanks for all that You've done. I pray that we get rid of this Savior complex, that we have to be the Saviors, and that we recognize that You are the Savior for those who put their trust and belief in You. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.